Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Ukrainian favours, sexual misconduct, racism, sexism, fake news, bank fraud, YouTube feuds, affairs, offshore accounts, college entry scams, just how many scandals have we faced down in 2019? Hint, it's a lot. So when you basically have to keep a diary to stay on top of the controversy, there's going to come a time when you turn off the alerts, right? Today, we're talking about scandal fatigue, the phenomena that has us all shrugging our shoulders as the scandals pile up, feeling like it's too many to even contemplate doing anything about it. To start off a conversation about a year of scandal, we may as well take a look at Donald Trump first. Let's face it, he's actually been surrounded by scandal since before he was president. The sexual assault allegations against him date back to the 1990s, when he was palling around with the likes of the man convicted of soliciting underage girls, Jeffrey Epstein, who himself became a scandal this year. But more on that in a sec. There were more sexual assault allegations against Trump this year. He's mocked climate change activist Greta Thunberg not once but twice on Twitter. And then he made a call to the Ukrainian president that would set the impeachment ball rolling. I was concerned by the call. What I heard was inappropriate. It is improper for the President of the United States to demand a foreign government investigate a U.S. citizen and a political opponent. In 2019, convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein was arrested again on similar trafficking charges, only to be found dead in his prison cell. While the final report says he took his own life, there are many conspiracy theories doing the rounds about the powerful men he could have brought down with his testimony. Then, Prince Andrew, a longtime pal of Epstein's, did that shocking train wreck interview. Do I regret the fact that, that, that he has quite obviously conducted himself in a manner unbecoming? Yes. Unbecoming? He was a sex offender? Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm being polite, in the sense that he was a sex offender. Even his mum, the Queen, cancelled him after that. While we didn't get a new Prime Minister this year, we did have an election that saw the Liberal Party return to power, despite what the polls told us, and the rise of the so-called Quiet Australian. We also saw our Energy Minister accused of cashing in on well-inflated water buybacks and sending the money offshore, and allegations the Chinese government tried to plant a communist spy into our federal parliament. Remember former Aussie MP Fraser Anning? He said some things after the Christchurch terror attack about Muslim immigration. For that, he was egged by schoolboy Will Connolly. Pauline Hanson tried to climb Uluru despite the traditional owner's distress, protesting its closure. It's no different to coming out and saying, we're going to close down Bondi Beach because there are some people there that have drowned. How ridiculous is that? This is an iconic um, site for all Australians. I can't see the cultural sensitivity when people have been climbing the rock all these years and now all of a sudden they want to shut it down. No, I, uh, I just don't. I don't get it. Hollywood stars went to jail for paying to get their kids into college. Julian Assange was hauled out of the Ecuadorian embassy, the US immediately asking for him to be handed over. Planes with known faults crashed and one of the highest Catholics in the country, Cardinal George Pell, went to jail for sexually assaulting two young boys in the 1990s. 
This means that I sentence you to a total effective sentence of six years' imprisonment. We had YouTube star James Charles winning the title of the fastest follower loser in internet history over a fight with another YouTuber. Paris landmark the Notre Dame burned down after a construction fault. The royals, Harry and Meghan, decided this year would be the year they take on the tabloids in court and don't get us started on the final season of Game of Thrones. Best season ever! <laughs> Aussie TV darling Kerri-Anne Kennelly was called out as a racist over her comments on sexual violence in Indigenous communities and poor Theresa May. She got handed a stinker government dealing with Brexit in the UK only to finally lose her job to Boris Johnson. I will shortly leave the job that it has been the honour of my life to hold. The second female Prime Minister, but certainly not the last. I do so with no ill will, but with enormous and enduring gratitude to have had the opportunity to serve the country I love. Kylie Jenner's best mate Jordan Woods was hung out to dry by the Kardashian clan for allegedly snogging Chloe's baby daddy at a party even though they weren't together. And Aussie banks were charged with a range of fraudulent things, including charging dead people fees. An episode of the ABC's Q&A was pulled for women daring to ask how many rapists have to die for them to stop raping women. And some members of Pauline Hanson's One Nation party popped over to the US to have a chat about potentially relaxing Australia's gun laws with a very powerful gun lobby, the NRA. One nation could get $10 million. Yep. You'd pick up eight people. Eight Senate seats. That guarantees you balance of power. I mean, that of have the whole government on the board. Had enough yet? Why should we care about the next scandal or the next when there are just so damn many? Meredith College's political science professor David McClelland says, yes, we have had enough. And in fact, we're dealing with a phenomenon known as scandal fatigue. Professor, is scandal fatigue actually a real thing? It is. It's not clinically defined. It is a term that more deals with people's inability to focus on any one thing at any given time. And so I think it's just like, you know, we're unable to focus in on, you know, one particular popular culture event and stay focused on that. It's just, you know, whatever scandal President Trump is dealing with at the time, you know, something else pops up within a day or two, and we're talking about that, you know, people get used to sort of bad news and they just kind of move on from it. So what's the knock-on effect of that? If we're moving on so quickly from one scandal to another, are we just going to stop caring about what's going on and what's happening to us and around us? Well, I think it makes it more difficult. I think what causes people to care is if they see some kind of direct effect on their lives. And that's where I think it's more difficult to say that any particular personal scandal that President Trump or anyone else is experiencing is having a direct effect. You know, we're used to seeing breaking news alerts about everything from something that might be perceived as trivial to something that is exceptional. And, you know, it makes it very difficult for most Americans to differentiate between something that is not going to affect their lives to something that could have down the road a tremendous effect on their lives. So are we in danger then of allowing a government to get away with a lot more? If we can't filter through all of that ourselves, do we just turn a blind eye and allow them to make decisions or make policy without us really looking at it? Well, I think the difficulty is that for the people who do get very involved in following political scandals, they don't focus as much on policy. And so we haven't had a whole lot of legislation passed here in the United States with this Congress, but 
there have been a lot of executive orders and things like that. I mean, just look at the situation along the southern border of the United States with Mexico. Scandals pop up in the Trump administration or with somebody else, and we lose focus on what's going on with children along the southern border. So I think that's the biggest danger is there are policy decisions and policy administration going on that either people are distracted from by the political scandals, or they simply just tune out altogether and say, you know, let's, let me focus in on my family. Let me focus in on the World Cup. Let me focus on something else because politics is just so nasty. So I think your question is a good one in that I think it would allow a government to make laws or make decisions that in the past people would have risen up and said, no, this is unacceptable. All right. So what's the key to avoiding scandal fatigue? How do we not find ourselves in that constant loop of moving from one scandal to the next? Are there ways that we can avoid it? Well, and I think for many people, it's as simple as change your media sources. I mean, if you're following one particular cable news network and that's your go-to source, I mean, just reduce your consumption and, and, and try to get some balance. I always tell my students in class, there is no perfect media source. Give yourself some variety and give yourself some time away from the visual and the audio and get into the print. Read some long-form kind of journalism, whether it be in a newspaper, online, wherever it may be. And that gives you more of the historical context that I think is lacking. And just kind of give yourself more balance and, and also just try to look for the stories about the policy because that's what affects people's lives and not to get caught up into the tabloid journalism kind of stories about this, that or the other. So when you find yourself tuning out of another Aussie Polly having an affair with a staffer or hooking up with a sugar baby, selling off our water to their own foreign-owned company, sweet-talking the NRA for their cash in exchange for our very safety, or just general ignorant racist, sexist or classist comments, just know you're not alone. There are a lot of us out here suffering a touch of scandal fatigue too. So to offset that, Mamma Mia's assistant head of content, host of the podcast True Crime Conversations and co-host of Mamma Mia Out Loud, Jesse Stevens, has written an article of the top 60 good news stories of 2019. Jesse, help us out. Give us some good things to end the year on. In terms of good news, 2019, I've decided to break it down into three themes. Right. The first one, environment. We might look back and think that it was a little bit of a sad year in terms of developments when it comes to the climate crisis and sustainability and renewable energy. But in fact, there are a lot of stories that haven't made headlines that are really important. So the first one is that the European Union banned single-use plastics. So Mm -hmm. think plastic cutlery, straws, stirrers and cotton buds. When the European Union does things, the rest of the world follows suit. So I think that was a really critical moment. The UK also had its lowest year of carbon emissions since 1888. Wow. Think about the way that the population has grown and the fact that they could reduce carbon emissions that seriously as a, you know, first world country is pretty astronomical. We made enormous progress in terms of renewable sources. One third of the world's energy this year came from renewable sources. And the development of certain technologies that are going to change the world, there are so many that we've discovered and our job now in 2020 and beyond is to invest in them. So the building blocks have been created, which I think makes now a very exciting time. The second theme is mental health. Sweden unveiled its first ever mental health ambulance, which is really cool, even though 
a lot of their health is really high when it comes to, you know, other countries in Europe. Mental health has always been something that Sweden struggles with. And I think its youngest patient that they picked up was about five and the oldest was about 75. And it's for people who are in moments of real Mm. mental health crisis and need different help to someone who's just had a heart attack. And again, I think that that's a blueprint for what the rest of the world can do. The second one is what New Zealand did this year, which they became the first country in the world to announce a wellness budget, which endeavoured to prioritise mental health over economic growth. That's got to be a first. I don't know anyone else who's doing that. Exactly right. Um, That was obviously under Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, and she is looking at this wellbeing budget because she sees it as obviously improving mental health, reducing child poverty, And it's also going to focus on addressing the inequalities between the Indigenous Maori and Pacific Islander people who struggle disproportionately, Mm -hmm. quite similar to Australia. And it's also going to help people to thrive in a digital age, is how she sees it. The third theme, also really exciting, is social justice. So the enrolment of girls in schools was the highest this year than it has ever been in all of history. Brilliant. So we're on an upward trajectory, which Mm -hmm. is what we want. And the second, which is really just a good news story... A female chief in Malawi rose to power and first thing she did was she annulled more than 1,500 child marriages before making the practice entirely illegal. She then got all the young girls and she sent them back to school. So that is looking like it will be the foundations for the complete outlawing of child marriage in Malawi. And we see that trend kind of sweeping across the world. So we've had some incredible things happen this year that are really, really easy to miss. In Australia even, you can't climb Uluru anymore. We had the decriminalisation of abortion in New South Wales, the last state. There are some exciting things happen. We have a lot to be happy about. This episode of The Quickie was produced by Ellie Beattie with audio production by Ian Camilleri. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.